Welcome back to the Stay Hype Podcast, where I help you heighten your personal experience through my own experience on this earth. I'm your host, Kristen, and today's episode is titled Healing from Narcissistic Abuse. And before I get started, I just want to make note that this will probably be a series as I'm still healing and still processing and still understanding a lot of my abuse and what happened. Um, I didn't think that I'd be able to just make this in one episode. And if I did, I feel like the episode would have been like three hours long. So I decided to break it up into little sections. And so this is part one. And what I want to focus on today is the betrayal and how that feels when you find out that you've been a victim of narcissistic abuse and how hard it is to overcome the positive feelings that you feel about the person who, um, you know, put you through the abuse and also just the anger that comes up within yourself when you can see things through clear eyes and how painful it is to really acknowledge that you allowed a lot of the abuse. So first things first, my experience with narcissistic abuse started at birth. I was raised by a narcissistic, grandiose, malignant, narcissistic father. And I had no idea what narcissism was, what, what the term narcissistic meant until a couple of years ago. It just was not in my vocabulary. I had no idea that there was a diagnosis for what I experienced growing up. My father was highly, highly manipulative. Um, there was definitely good moments that we had as long as you were feeding his ego. But for the most part, I remember always just fawning over him to get his love and approval and, uh, time and attention. Um, my parents got divorced when I was about 18 months old. So I never remembered growing up having a mom and dad in the house. But what I do remember is going over to my dad's house on Tuesdays and Thursdays and, and sometimes on the weekends and just never feeling like I could fully connect with him emotionally unless I was pouring into him and telling him how wonderful he was or if I was complaining or asking for advice about someone else, never him. And so those were the times that I felt most connected with my dad is when we were just keeping it very surface level and light and telling jokes, or if I would be emotionally vulnerable with my own things, whether it be breakups, friendships, things like that. He was always great at giving advice and, and being connected to me that way. But whenever I turned, you know, the, the conversation towards him and said, well, hey, here's some things that I felt growing up, or this is, this is hurting me, or when you said that, this hurt me, or when you didn't show up, this really affected me. And that's when the flip would be, the switch would flip, and he would go from awesome, charming, funny dad to just rage within seconds. And so that really conditioned me at a young age that it was not safe to speak my truth. And um, that followed me. That followed me throughout my whole life. And I was always so scared to tell people how I was really feeling because I thought that meant that love would go away. 
because that's what would happen. The the nice dad who is happy and smiling and, you know, hanging out with me as soon as I told him how I really felt, then all of a sudden I was called selfish and I don't even know what love is. And you've, you're just like your mother. You're just, you don't even know, you, you don't know how to love. All you care about is money and just all these things that were not even really relevant to the conversation. And so I found myself hyping my dad up, putting him on this pedestal because subconsciously I wanted his approval. I wanted him to see me. I wanted him to validate my experience as children deserve. And as I got older, I started to get more and more angry, but I didn't feel allowed to express that anger. So I shoved it down, shoved it down, and it would come out in my relationships. I would be explosive just like my dad whenever someone in my friendship group or a romantic relationship would call me out and say things that really hurt my character. And that's because part of me knew that they were right, just like my dad knew that I was right. And so even though I couldn't stand what my dad was doing to me, I was subconsciously doing it to other people. And that was really a painful truth that I had to accept. But the betrayal that you feel once your eyes are open to this abuse is immense, and, or at least it was for me. It has been such a challenge to look at a person that I held on such a high regard, looked at someone that I thought was just this, this awesome person and had my best interests at heart, and, you know, he would constantly tell me stories about how my mom is the one that ruined everything in the relationship. And I'm not saying that my mom was perfect. Um, She definitely has her flaws and things that she's working on. But when you really take a step back and look at everything, a lot of the manipulation and the verbal abuse, emotional abuse, physical abuse, it's from my dad, from my dad. Um, He didn't physically abuse me. He's physically abused other people. But that's a different topic. Um, but the verbal and the emotional abuse was very impactful in my life in a negative way. Um, from a very young age, I knew that my dad could not handle the truth. I knew that, um, if you tried to tell him the truth, he would find some way to gaslight you and flip it around. And I've carried so much guilt and shame and sadness for years and years and it would always come up in relationships and uh you know all the toxic relationships that usually follow this type of abuse if you don't get therapy and you don't get help and I would hear my father's words in my head yep you don't know how to love yep see you're selfish and what I've learned from taking a step back from dating, from just being by myself, from, from being in this healing journey is that I felt selfish or my dad would call me selfish for having needs. My dad would call me selfish for wanting to set boundaries. And again, I didn't even know what boundaries were until 2021, you know, and I'm 36 years old and I'm just now learning what boundaries are and that it's okay for me to have needs. It's not selfish for me to have needs, but I didn't learn how to articulate those. I didn't feel like I had a place to, to speak those needs. And so subconsciously that uh, 
I attracted partners that also didn't take my needs into consideration and made me feel very similar to my father. I'm not saying that every person that I've dated or certain friends that I've had are all narcissists. No, I'm not diagnosing anyone. But what I will say is that a lot of people that I've had intimate relationships highly, um, what's the word I'm looking for? They had the traits. And, and that's probably a lot to do with their own upbringing. Because if I'm being honest, I picked up a lot of narcissistic traits. And I, I remember one night looking up some videos on narcissism and then, you know, getting really honest with myself and saying, well, I've done that. I feel like I've emotionally manipulated people. Am I a narcissist? And so I just want to stop and, and, and just make this note that if you can have the awareness to actually uh, ask that question, you're not a narcissist. Narcissists lack awareness. They lack accountability. And the worst thing that they could ever do is to actually look in the mirror and say, is the problem me? So if you are able to do those things and really get real with yourself, you're not a narcissist, but you may have picked up some traits that were learned behavior. And so um, once I kind of got past that and, and had to really do a lot of shadow work and ego death, the betrayal and the deception of knowing that you were manipulated, especially by your own parent who is supposed to, supposed to be the one that is taking care of you and protecting you the most is very, very painful. You start to ruminate and go over so many different scenarios and situations where they made you feel so small and they made you feel so guilty and they projected their own insecurities and pain onto you. And being the child that loves unconditionally, especially because we know inherently that this parent uh, is our lifeline, it's, it's, been really difficult um, to let go of. I've done a since I've gone no contact with my dad. I went decided to go no contact in August of last year. I did have contact with him in April when he fell ill and was sick in the hospital. But I had a huge blowout in the hospital in the ICU unit um, because he was still he's still who he is even in his old age, even in his sickness, and he was crossing the boundaries and he just kept poking. And I completely disassociated in the hospital and all the rage and all the anger that my dad has poured into me and has not allowed me to express or get out, it came out. It came out at the hospital um, in front of my sister, my brother-in-law, the nurses. I, I just completely lost it. I did. But in the same token, I felt so free. My inner child felt so free to finally look my dad in the eyes and say, I know who you really are. The facade is up. The jig is up. It's always been up, but I've just never been able to yell louder than him or he would always hang up the phone. And then a couple of days later, just respond with like, I love you. Your dad always loves you. And so it was just the avoidance, the avoidance, the avoidance. And because I never was confident enough to walk away and say, you know what? No, I don't have to put up with this. I don't have to have you in my life that bad that I'm willing to put up with this one-sided relationship, this surface level relationship, this relationship where I have to fawn and, and appease your ego in order for you to be my dad. And I realized I was doing that with other men in my life and other friendships. And so once I got to the root of 
why I always felt so abandoned and betrayed in relationships. And it was because I was conditioned to abandon and betray myself in childhood. Everything started to make sense. But the pain that comes with the, the, what word am I looking for? The pain that comes with understanding the truth. Yes, that's what I'm looking for. The pain that comes with the truth. It was, it is very just convoluted because of course I didn't have all bad memories. And of course the, the little girl in me still wants to have this relationship with her dad and be seen and do all the father daughter things that, you know, society shows that stereotypical father dad relationship. But the more that I heal and the more that I accept my truth, I realized that um, my relationship with my dad, unfortunately, is very common for a lot of other people. And there's a lot of people that feel super abandoned and betrayed by their parents and, I mean, narcissistic mothers as well. It's not just fathers. It's just from my perspective. It's my dad. And so working through the betrayal was probably the heaviest part thus far. And also having to make the decision to choose myself, to honor my inner child, to let her know that I'm going to protect her now and that I'm no longer going to put her in toxic, dangerous situations. And that as much as I love my dad and as much as I love certain people in my life that were in my life, I have to love me more. And I understand, I understand why my dad is the way that he is. I understand his upbringing. I have compassion for the little boy in him that is so deeply hurt and has not felt seen and not felt love and has not been able to receive the love that his family has tried to give him. But this started early on in his childhood as well. And he has abandonment issues and he has betrayal issues from his parents. But unfortunately, some people at a very young age start building personas, as we all do. And some personas are just so deeply rooted in ego and the insecurities are just so deep, particularly, I think, in men as well, with the whole not being able to show feelings, not being able to express real men don't cry, all, all that rhetoric that has deeply wounded our society. I think it's a lot harder for men to come to terms with this type of persona and this type of insecurity. And it, it becomes their identity, unfortunately, as many as us, of, of us too. Like my, my class clown identity, that was me. That was who I was. I was the class clown. But thankfully, grace of God, I was woken up in my last relationship. And, and that's why I know I had to go through my last relationship and the pain and, and, and everything that happened to wake me up to this identity crisis that I had. And so I'm grateful for everything that I went through in order to be sitting here and talking about my experience. But unfortunately, not everyone has this breakthrough. Not everyone wakes up to their truth. Not everyone can handle the truth. The truth is really painful, but it also sets us free. And so this part one of this episode is just kind of 
getting it all out there. I feel like I'm kind of all over the place because there's just so much that I can talk about. So um, just talking about the betrayal and just the initial wake up that this was what was happening to me. But if you're going through something similar, if you're healing through a narcissistic abuse, whether it's with a partner, your mother, your father, a sibling, a friend, um, just know that this is not a typical breakup or this is not a typical relationship as far as, okay, two people, we just weren't compatible and we're going to go our separate ways. It's it's so much more convoluted and complex because the the manipulation and the lies and the gaslighting, if you have endured it for a substantial amount of time, you really start to believe the lies and it makes it really hard to understand what's real and what is part of the projection, what is actually happening and what is the warped reality of the person who is, uh, you know, manipulating you. And um, I realized my dad wanted me and everyone to see him in a certain light. And the shame that I know he feels, the shame and the guilt that I know he feels of now knowing that his golden child daughter, because I was always the one that was team dad, team dad. My mom, my sister was more close to my mom because my sister, she's nine and a half years older, almost 10 years older than me. So she experienced my dad more than I had in childhood. And so she kind of already clung to my mom more. But for me, I, I was just like this daddy's girl. I wanted dad, dad, dad. And also I had my dad pouring in a lot of hate about my mom to me. So it strained the relationship with my mom, which is another betrayal in my opinion, because now I've I've grown up thinking that my mom didn't really love me, thinking that my mom didn't really want me, when really that was my dad's way of manipulating me to always see him in the best light and to triangulate me against my mom because he had so much anger towards her. And so, yeah, it is, it's very, it's painful. You're not alone. I know how confusing it is and I know how some of you depending on where you're at in your healing journey, still want that validation, still want that parent, that person to say I was wrong and to hold themselves accountable. But I'm here to tell you that a lot of times that is not going to happen. Um, not saying never, never say never, right? But a lot of times statistically that doesn't happen. And usually it's our job to take control of our emotional, mental, physical health and do what's best for us, even though that's usually what we've been running from this whole time is that we know that we have to set the boundaries and we know that they're going to cross the boundaries. And so what are the consequences when they cross the boundary over and over again? Is it to continue to jump through hoops to try to get them to change? Is it, is it to continue to waste your energy trying to yell and scream and get them to hear you? For me, no. It finally was the epiphany last year that the solution was for me to walk away, for me to protect my energy. And that's what I had been running from for so long because I was so conditioned to think that my parents, my dad, had to be in my life forever. It's your dad. No matter how you, he makes you feel, no matter how he's treating you, it's your dad. You know, it's your dad. 
And so I lived by that. And then finally I woke up and I said, I don't care if it's my dad. I don't care if it's my mom. I don't care if it's anyone. No one gets a pass to disrespect me. And that is where a lot of us need to get to in order to finally feel some relief and some healing. And it's painful. It definitely is painful not talking to my dad anymore, but also it's kind of normal because we've had so many periods where he was estranged, where we didn't talk for one year, two years. And it was always me breaking in, breaking down and finally picking up the phone and saying, okay, like, I really want you in my life. I really want you in my life. And then he would be like, okay, I'm not saying anything. I'm not saying sorry. So if you want me in your life, I'm glad you came around. And so that would always just, it would just burn me. So finally, I just said, enough is enough. I need to make space for people who actually love me and see me. And, and not to say that my dad doesn't, doesn't love me. I think he has his own version of love for me, but it's not the love I deserve. So on that note, um, I hope you enjoyed part one. I know it was probably all over the place. And um, I'm going to do a second part as I feel called to, as I continue my healing. Um, but just know you're not alone if you need to get in therapy, which I said highly suggest if you're not uh, able to navigate this on your own and you're just feeling really depressed depressed and in a lot of anxiety and a lot of confusion, I highly recommend that you find a therapist, group therapy, a life coach, someone that really understands this type of abuse and that can validate and mirror you properly. You need proper mirroring, you need proper validation, and you need people around you that believe you and your experience and um, are there to support you in all the many ways that you're going to grieve this type of relationship. So for me, it's like I'm grieving like the death of my father because I'm making the, the decision to choose myself. And I know that I cannot get to where I need to go in life with, with continuing the relationship with him. And so the fact that he's still here on this earth, but I can't have any contact is really painful. So don't go through this alone. You don't have to suffer in silence and um, start to speak your truth. That was the most healing thing for me was to finally stop protecting because we get conditioned to protect our abusers because we don't want people to know the truth about them because then the relationship has to end, right? When a lot of people know about the abuse that you're, that's going on in your relationship or friendship and you start to speak about it, then it kind of makes it more real. And then people are like, well, why do you keep going back? Or why do you keep hanging out with this person? And then you actually have to make a choice. And so I, in my opinion, I think that's why a lot of us stay silent. So on that note, see you guys next week. Um, Connect with me on socials, underscore stay hype. If you need some support, I go live on TikTok every single morning except Saturday at 8.30 a.m. Eastern. And we have built such a beautiful community. So if you maybe don't have the money for therapy right now or you're scared to start therapy, highly recommend checking out my lives. We have a lot of people that have gone through this abuse that speak their truth, and it's been very, very healing, especially for me. So if you're looking for a resource, underscore stay hype, find me on TikTok, 8.30 a.m. And um, yeah, (laughs) let's do this. Let's heal together. I love you. Bye.